We're going to talk about Surrey policing because it is definitely now also a provincial issue. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Okay, now it seems to me that Surrey politicians have dug themselves into this hole and they really want the province to bail them out. They, They certainly want somebody to bail them out. That's true. And we heard from the New Democrats yesterday, uh, Mike Farnworth, who, you know, has been handed a mess he doesn't want. And he's saying, oh, we need more information. And he's not in any rush to make a decision. And, and the liberals come out and go, you know, this is shocking. This is terrible. The government needs to provide answers. What's the liberal position on this? They don't want to touch it. It's totally <laughs> toxic. They are as determined as the New Democrats to have as little to do as possible with this. So I'm thinking of solutions here, Simi. And the big problem, as I see it from my perch over here in Victoria, is that the public needs straight answers on the cost of the two options. I don't think you can trust the numbers coming from the advocates of the RCMP, and I don't think you can trust the numbers coming from the advocates of Surrey Police. So Wouldn't it be great if we had an auditor general for local government who could go in and give us a professional, independent opinion, analysis of the cost of the two options? Wouldn't it be great if we had someone like that? That would be perfect. That would solve the problem. Okay, so sarcasm this morning. We had one of those. We had an independent auditor general for local government who would be the perfect official to do the job here. And what happened to that office? The New Democrats abolished it because it was the creation of Christy Clark, which meant it was wrong and had to be stamped out. So they stamped it out, and now they're stuck. They don't have somebody independent who can give us that independent verdict. I expect they may have to go out and find somebody, like a retired Auditor General or someone like that, uh, to do it. But that's what's needed here is the independent verdict that an office of uh, an Auditor General for local government could give us. I'm surprised then at that point, wouldn't the province say, is that an out for them to say, we're putting everybody into mediation on this. We're going to bring yeah. in some, this is clearly too difficult of a situation. We're putting everybody into an independent arbitration system here. Yeah, no, I think that's true. It's the kind of thing on labor that you'd go for Vince Reddy. I don't think he's exactly the person on this. But again, a good example, um, former Deputy Auditor General Russ Jones, David Eby appointed him to the board of BC Housing last summer because he needed the kind of independent professionalism by the numbers that a Deputy Auditor General can do. And that's who's needed here. It's not, it's too much of a political argument. It's too much who you side with. The public can make up its mind, but at the moment, I mean, the first thing I see looking at it, I mean, you can't trust the numbers coming from either side. They're also incredibly confusing. Yeah. Right? They don't, they're not, they're just, there's too much politics in this thing. It is a job, as I say, for an auditor general or someone like her or someone like him. I would agree on that. That almost seems to be the only solution here at this point, because otherwise, as you say, you can't trust anybody's numbers because everybody has an agenda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's different things they're looking at over time and staffing levels and assumptions and what it would cost to pay out contracts and all that. So, 
you know, there, there is stuff here that needs the eyes of a professional, but it needs to be an independent professional. Farworth was asked yeah. about this yesterday, Sim, and he said, well, you know, my staff will do all this. Well, no, this, the provincial government is not the independent agency you need on this either, because, you know, hidden way in the background there is a government like the opposition that wants this thing resolved without having to take political responsibility for the solution. Well, I think everybody does. This is, it's the same thing yeah. with the mayor. It's the same thing with everybody, it seems like, in Surrey is want, wants to blame somebody else for the situation that they find themselves in. Yeah. And we're charging forward meanwhile. Yes. And, I mean, the one thing the New Democrats have done, which I think is right, is don't resolve this Thing either way until you have the definitive answers we need because public safety has to be paramount. But again, underpinning all that is by the numbers, like the independent audit of the two options. And there, um, sarcasm aside, they need someone like an independent auditor general. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe that'll be the answer, but it sure has dragged on a long time. And what's frustrating when I read this too, Vaughn, is like for 10 years we've talked about this, right? And the one thing Surrey residents wanted was more officers. That's what they asked for for 10 years. And that's the one thing they don't have is more officers. No, and and clearly they're split. I mean, you look at the voting patterns out there and and there are other issues too locally, you know, so you may have uh, liked very much what Doug McCallum had to say about uh, transit and SkyTrain, you know, and, and, and it was very close. And you pointed out this morning, Brenda Locke switched sides. She was with yeah. McCallum at one point. I mean, but it, it is. It's, it's very hard to decide where you stand on this issue without that independent assessment of what the two options will cost going forward, what it would cost to reverse direction, and what it would cost to not reverse direction, because the Surrey police force still hiring officers, right? Yeah, I think they had more officers just come online this week, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk, we're going to talk more about that as well later on in the show. But let's talk as well about what's going on in David Eby's office. Well, a pattern is really beginning to emerge. So yesterday, David Eby appointed the former mayor of Victoria, Lisa Helps, as his special advisor on housing. She joins the premier's special advisor on health, Penny Ballum, and the premier's special advisor on indigenous relations. Doug White. They go into a premier's office that already has uh, three deputy ministers, three assistant deputy ministers, a separate planning and priorities secretariat. Their salaries, the three of them, uh, is a half a million dollars, and two of them are only part time. So, man, that's good money if you can work part time. Um, this is a pattern, Simi. The premier is creating a kind of overseer government in his office to second-guess all the existing ministries of government. Because we have a Ministry of Indigenous Relations and a separate secretariat on UNDRIP. We have a Ministry of Housing, brand new, because EB just created it, plus a Crown Corporation, BC Housing. We have a giant health ministry. It's the biggest ministry in government, plus all the public health stuff under Dr. Bonnie Henry. So now we've got all this in the premier's office over that. And as I said, it's a real pattern under David Eby. John Horgan, on the scale of delegating to control, 
you know, that scale. Oregon leaned toward delegating. You know, he wasn't perfect on by any means, but he did delegate. Eby's the other way. Uh, clearly a control freak. Clearly wants to control everything out of his office. Hmm. Is this... Is that what other premiers do? Like, have we seen this before? It goes back and forth, right? Gordon Campbell was notoriously controlling uh, his office. You know, we used to joke that there was only really three people in the Campbell government that had any power. The premier, his chief of staff, and his scheduling coordinator. So, you know, that that Campbell was the extreme that way. But, you know, the, the, the reason I think this is happening is partly because Eby's not a patient person. We've seen that. But the other thing is, he keeps telling us, as far as he's concerned, he's got 18 months. That's between now and the next provincial election. He's got to show action. And that's why he's appointing these expediters in his office. But here's what it means. If you have an issue on housing or health or indigenous relations... Um, and you're in a hurry, uh, you go to the premier's special advisor because that person, he, her, has the premier's ear. Uh, you know, if, if you're not in a rush, you go through proper channels in the ministries, but you can get bogged down there for months and even years. This is, this is a government that is in a hurry and is really a premier who's in a hurry, who is bypassing his own government to get stuff done. Right. Okay. Which is interesting because that just that should be also a notice to the bureaucracy, don't you think? Oh, I think it does. I think it very much does. You do not. The one thing you do not want to happen is you've got the files sitting on your desk along with all the other files and you're getting a call from the premier's special advisor. Eby himself told us that BC Housing, this giant crown corporation in charge of government housing programs, has been approving only one in five applications for social housing because of a lack of money. The CEO of BC Housing has left. EB replaced the board last year. Well, that's a giant, cumbersome bureaucracy. How are we going to get some of those housing projects approved in the short run? My guess is that's what Lisa Helps is doing in the Premier's office. Former Mayor Victoria, you know, she's, she's in charge on housing. And if you've got, uh, as I said, if you're in one of those agencies in government and you get the call from the Premier's office, it's going to be telling you break down the silos, expedite approval for this. The Premier wants it and do it. That's what huh. we're getting here now. The just do it government. Isn't there some sports team that are a firm that oh, has that on. as its motto? Yeah, yeah. I guess if the Indy, if the Indy 500 doesn't have it, you don't know yeah. what it is, right? That's right. That's, That's right. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, it's very good to me. Thank you <laughs> okay. so much for again probing the depths of my knowledge about sports. Uh, have a good weekend, Vaughn. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>